This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program on this beautiful Thursday, November 5th. If you don't know what day it is, it's November 5th. Um, I just want to give a shout out to anybody that might know what holiday this is. Not always known. Um, been a very tumultuous time in our in our government, in our country here for the last few days. Anyway, uh, mm. glad to get past uh, where we're at right now and move forward as a nation, one nation under God, indivisible, in Amen. Jesus' name. But uh, we're glad you're visiting. And do you, do you have any idea what holiday it is, Pastor David Gavin? Uh, flag Day. Wrong. Back, box How about day. you, Mr. I Nick? Could, I could be off by three days, but I believe it's Pastor Jessica's birthday. Arbor Day. You're off by at least three days oh, on that one, too. <laughs> um, it is actually uh, Jessica's birthday in, uh, is in November. No, it's in... Uh, it is November. It's... I think it's November, November 2nd. 2nd. Yeah, I think it's okay. yeah somewhere in there. Um, no, it's Guy Fox Day. Guy Fox Day. Fox. Like, not Guy Fox. Okay. Guy Fox. That sounds like a video game. Character. It's an English. No, he's an he is an English traitor. Can you use it in a sentence? Who was a traitor in yes, Guy Fox committed treason against the nation of Great Britain. I'm gonna Google this. You can Google this, but anyway, welcome everybody. I'm glad you're here <laughs> on Guy Fox Day. So what did he do? What did he do? Uh he uh, tried to blow up Parliament. Really? Yeah, yeah, he tried to blow it up, and so they do fireworks every uh, Guy <laughs> Fox Day. They don't do them on the 4th of July because we got independence from them. Yeah. So their counter is to celebrate, and they hang his effigy on light poles all around the the city um, because he was hanged for his treason. And they, they do, celebrate the and, oddest things sometimes. People, yeah, people oh, oh, of course, of course, especially the English, which my mom is English, so I can say that. But anyway, Guy Fox Day, yep, I. Uh, guy, 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 hang him up high, hang him on a lamppost and there let him die. I mean, I used to know all the the poems and stuff about Guy Fox Day because my mom was English. This is anyway. how inundated I am with culture is that you said Guy Fox. My first thought was Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> I don't know who that is. But anyway, God bless you guys. Good good being here. Tell them how to get involved in the program. Man, we want you guys jumping in. We read a chapter the night before. We come into our Marijuana Studios. We read the chapter again. And we talk about God breathes on our hearts. And we want you to be a part of that. And a great way to connect is get the East Coast app. Go to your mobile app provider. Put an East Coast app. You'll see our logo on it. The app provides morning breath. It provides what we do on the weekend services, and it yeah. really just helps you with community that we have going on, events that we've got going, worship in the Word. The app is incredible. You also can go to our website, eccc.us, and you'll be able to see the morning breath icon there. Click on that, or just call the church at 321-452-1060, and we'll help you uh, get plugged in. Yeah, it'd be great. We'd love to have you plugged in, love to have you be a part of the morning breath family. Uh, or the, even the East Coast family. Amen. And that would Amen. be an awesome thing. So what what do we need to do now? Tell people anything really? There's not really a lot going on. I mean, we've had a very busy past weekend and week. Uh, yes. We did a lot of events uh, for our kids and uh, having fun. Wow, what an incredible event at uh, Mer- or, uh, Vieira High School. Mm-hmm. That was really cool, watching all the drive through stuff. Yeah. Really neat. So we've had some good events over the last couple of weeks. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's just move into it then. Uh, other than... Uh, just get on board with all the East Coast stuff or come to one of our services live. We'd love to see you again and uh, go from there. We get into the chapter. We're in chapter four of Ephesians and we have 32 verses. Yep. Like a 32 ounce big gulp. 
Exactly. So I'll read the first 16. You read the last 16. All right. Well, then, Pastor Dan, I say to you, read, sir. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with longsuffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. Excuse me. <laughs> man, with every wind of doctrine, that is a, a, a man, important part right there. Yeah, it is. Well, good, good stall while good. I keep from breathing a gnat or whatever that was. Where am I at here? Wind of doctrine. By the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life of God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature, your former ways of life, which is corrupt by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be God's, created to be like God, true, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors <coughs> the truth, for we are all a part of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for a good hard work. And then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Amen. Yeah, this, this last verse, verse 32, I, I just wrote next to it in my Bible, Conspiracy of Kindness. 
Mm, that's good. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And man, just what kind of place the world would be that we live in today if uh, if we actually live this out on, on an everyday basis? It'd be so uh, so helpful and so powerful um, for our for our world and our communities. Come on. Could you read verse twenty nine again from your translation? <clears throat> yes, Would that be possible? I can, 100%. All things are possible. Do not use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Mm, okay, cool. How yeah. does yours read? Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. So all good. Yeah, I, I just uh, just wanted to hear the you know kind of wording that yours used. Yeah, I actually had the front part. Um, actually, when you when I had to jump in there for a second, it was hard because there was a notable difference between the translations here of NLT and New King James. Yeah, I read NLT at the house before mm-hmm. I came down. Um, I usually try to read NLT and Amplified before I read. You know, sit down with my New King James, and I did notice quite a difference with the NLT mm-hmm. in the phrasing, and and a little harder for me to understand. The NLT and and some of the, my favorite, here's the problem I have with, I love doing that. I read other translations. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking them at all. But I, one thing I lose when I read the newer translations is I lose my favorite verses. They don't sound the same and they don't speak to me the same. Well, that's like the verse you just (laughs) read here. I actually like the corruption form that you said better than mine that says foul or abusive language where it was yeah. because you know you might not be speaking something foul or abusive but your language might be corrupt yeah, and you might be twisted Absolutely. and you might be leaving a detail out or you yeah. might be doing something that is very slanted um, towards an agenda that you have and that's corrupt and yep. I believe really Paul's speaking to that too. Yep. Yeah. I, I think so too and I think it's uh, you know and, and all those things you just said would fit under the language yours used but I do like and I'm more familiar with it. It's probably why I like it more. Uh, and I thought, if I read this the first time, how would I feel about it? You know, another part that I thought that way is uh, read uh, verse 9 and 10 yeah. from uh, from the New uh, Living Translation again, and, and we'll listen to that. Notice that it says, he ascends, this clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. So when you when you read that, what you get out of that is that <clears throat> Jesus descended from heaven to earth mm-hmm. to live a, a human life and then ascended back into heaven. But if you read it in the in the old King James or the New King James, it reads, uh, let me see here. Did I say nine and ten? Yes. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? So that that is much different than what NLT is kind of Yeah, so, so when you read it here, then verse 10 says, He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. So many people have said that he descended into hell. Right. Right? So... Your translation wouldn't give that impression at all. Nope. But the old King James, and this one does, I actually believe that it's the word that's used here is Sheol, which means a grave. Which would, uh, all the way through the Old Testament, everything means a grave. Like when when Jonah 
gets swallowed by the fish, it yep. says to the depths of Sheol, mm-hmm. like, and it's referring to the grave. One part that I think yours um, doesn't say that, th- that this one gives a picture of, which also makes my wheels turn, is this is that he may fill the universe which now, like, because we have all these sci-fi movies and thinking Whoa. Gene Roddenberry and Star Trek and Star Wars. Whoa, the, the whole universe. The, the, uh, God's will is to inevitably, you know. So the Martians, right. the Venusians. So, the, so the Guardians of the Galaxy. What are they called? Saved. The Pluti- <laughs> Pluteans? Like, From Pluto? How would you call that? Plu- Plutudiums? I don't know. <laughs> Rudy Tootie Pluto. Pluto. They can't make up his mind if it's a Plutoites. I got Maybe it's Pluto. They can't now. They, yeah, I know they're wrestling with that. But uh, what about that other one? I can't. I, I better not say Uranus. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, Should uh, I say that or did I already say? I already said it's too late. It's radio. Okay, go ahead. Someone's be like, no foul thing. Well, but it's a planet. Yeah, it's planet definitely. <laughs> but it's like those things where it's like grade. you yeah. know. And then of course, <clears throat> people of the Mormon faith believe like the whole universe and this and that. And then I'm oh, not yeah. shot any Mormons, but I'm just saying. You know, and you could easily cling I'll, to I'll that. take all the shots at all the right, moment. You, you know, you'd be nice But to you me. could cling to that. <laughs> you could cling to that off this, and it's, you know, it's kind of crazy, um, Yeah, the difference in the translations, you know, so. Yeah, and I, I mean, to me, it just it made me think. It made me ask some questions. You know, uh, the another one that does made me think and ask some questions this morning uh, was verse 5. How does it read in the New Living Translation? Verse 5. A uh, new living translation looks like this. Should be really there simple. Is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Oh, that's exactly what mine says. One Lord, mm-hmm. one faith, one baptism. But then you have to stop for a minute and go, well, is there really one baptism? Not in Scripture. Right. So there's actually, some people say seven, some people say nine. You know, baptisms mentioned in Scripture. And what I believe, so that I make clear what I think this verse is saying this is talking about there's one baptism into the body of Christ. And I, I, I believe it's saying that you don't fall in and out of your salvation. You know, um, some people believe extreme Arminianism, which is a, just a, you know, a big word, that people lose their salvation and get it back and lose their salvation and get it back. I don't believe anything like that. And I believe the scripture is telling us that as well. And Hebrews 6, 2 says that if once you fall away— from your faith, you can't be restored to it. And so that's that's just what it says. So I think this is saying you come into the body of Christ one time. You're baptized into Christ once. It's talking about more the number than the, you know, the word baptism. You come into the body of Christ once, and once you do, you're in there. So that's what that's saying. But, but the Bible talks about water baptism. It talks about baptized into Christ's bodies, uh, baptiz- baptism of suffering, baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Spirit, baptized into Moses. And if you want to go back to, let's not pick on just the Mormons, the Jehovah Witnesses, being baptized for the dead, is it, or that's the Mormons too, isn't it? Um, yeah, the Mormons too, they get baptized for their relatives. Uh, thinking that's going to because it's, uh, what do I, I think I wrote down, 1 Corinthians 15, 29, talks about bat, getting baptized for the dead. <clears throat> it doesn't say you should do it or it's right. It just says something about it in Scripture, and there's only one verse in the entire Bible that says anything about being baptized for the dead. Um, I, and I think it's saying it from a from a totally different perspective, but 
they get baptized for their relatives. That's why they have such a huge genealogy in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. They have the greatest gen. gen- uh, what's the word genealogy? I just, that's the word I just used. Genealogy list almost in the entire world is kept there because they go back and get baptized for every one of their departed relatives to make sure they get in heaven or get to populate a planet with them like you talked but, about earlier. <laughs> but that's <laughs> why knowing the context of what you're reading is so, so important because there's a, you have to understand this, a great book that you need to probably read side by side with Ephesians is actually uh, both epistles that go to the uh, that go to uh, to Timothy, okay? Because Timothy is the pastor of the church in Ephesus. Now Timothy, you see Paul writing, is actually a man to man, leader to leader, doctrine given. So you will see some correctional, you will see some um, things to help lead the church and help guide on a different level. Where he writes to the Ephesians here, he writes to that church with a much more broader brush. This book of Ephesians here, that's why you see him saying this one Lord, one faith, one baptism, because he's clearing a lot of things up of saying, hey, listen, guys, you need to understand who and what we are um, as believers. That's why the whole book of Ephesians, when he when he writes it, he talks about mindsets that people have because there was a God, a goddess, actually, um, Artemis in the city, which you would see in the book of Acts, they have a lot of struggles with. Yeah. Um, and that Artemis was a female, a, a goddess that was like of, of fertility and was really all about putting the woman above the man and that the man would have to go to the priestess. God for forbid. To, yeah. And so there's, <laughs> so a lot of these like verses that people are deeming that are chauvinistic and that the Bible is very sexist actually isn't true. It's actually Paul saying, hey, listen, this is how God designed us, that we're companions, we're meant to work together. This ideology that one person's greater than the other person and and fertility and all of that, that's for the Gentiles. And that's why he talks in here about their lusts. He says, hey, their lusts, because everything, if you look around the Gentile idols, all the way back to the Old Testament, revolved around sex, money, and power. They would that that was their and deal. that's changed right <laughs> not at all. Oh, okay, good. I and, just wanted to make sure. And that's why he unpacks that. Hey, they walk by this anger, this lust, this greed. Where we need to be tender-hearted. We need to be merciful. We need to be grace. We need to be Christ-like. That's uh, good. And he's dealing with division mm-hmm. in the church. He, uh, the reason he's saying it. But if you want to talk about what the what the world was like then and what he's fighting against, that starts in verse seventeen. Uh, really in 18, but 17 says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Now listen to this. Who, being past feeling, Mm. have given themselves over to lewdness to work all cleanliness with greediness. But you've not not so learned Christ. And I think a great warning for everybody is be careful that you do not lose your sensitivity to God. Mm. You know, what happens is uh, if you say no to God in an area, when God speaks, it gets harder to hear from God in that area again. And if then you say no again and again and again, or you go deeper and deeper away from the heart and plan of God in your life, come on, you begin to lose sensitivity. Now, everything in the world that we're in today is actually trying to attack 
your your sensitivity. Yep. The world we live in is sensual, and it's it's everywhere. TV, magazines, internet, the beach. I mean, incredible, uh, you know, stuff. Sensual replaces intimacy. What God has chosen for us to have real, biblical, awesome, wonderful intimacy, but the sensual has replaced that, and it's it's more difficult to have a life that is not, you know, just bombarded with the sensational because it's coming, you know, sensual, mm-hmm. sensational. I mean, if we ever want to measure sensational, what has the past two weeks been like, you know, leading up to elections, man? Sensational city. The world has been inundated, and some people just turned off their TVs, uh, you know, two weeks before the election because they're tired of seeing the stuff going on. We're not meant to be bombarded with that stuff. We're meant for some silence, uh, from solace, some some meditation, some spending time with God. Don't walk like the rest of the world walks. Come on, be a little different. Come you know, on. spend some time. And I'm, we're preaching the choir because you you guys are doing morning breath with us right now. And I love you know mm. something I had to do in the process to help my heart understand and love people because we're called as believers, not pastors, but <laughs> but as believers to get Jesus Christ to people. You know, we act like the the great uh, commission is go ye into all the nation, uh, making sure your pastor is doing a good job getting God to people. When it says actually is go and make disciples. So we're called to get Jesus to people and help them with their next step. But in that process, like marching up through and to the elections, um, I noticed a huge fallacy was being screamed from the mountaintops. And that is who you vote for will deem if you're a good person. And both camps, and not just in this election, but every election, because that's the world system. What you do will make you a good person. And I had to get to the point where I'm like, you know what? I am not going to say because someone has a different political view than me that now I'm the good one and they're the bad one. You know, I only say this, that none of us are good. And if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, none of us will be found worthy. And that it's my job if I really want to help people, then get them to the one who is good. That, you know. Boy, that is the truth. And it's like your friend might have voted differently than you. Do not put a label on them. All right. Except for a label that Jesus Christ has given. All right. And that is so important because if it's in your heart, it's going to come out of you. Yeah, it's it's it's. We live in a pretty, pretty hard, difficult world uh, to to keep those perspectives clear because you know it's just everything screaming at you not not to. Yep. That world, who being past feeling, it's just such an interesting word to think about loss of sensitivity, and that's what happens when you're not sensitive to the person anymore. You're only fired up about the party. Right. You know, or the candidate, you've lost your you've you've lost sensitivity to what's really important there. And yes, it's important to vote your values and your policies Amen. and all that is Amen. is critical and you should do that and we encourage everybody to do that before the election. But it it's not at the expense of loving people, caring about about people. You know, there's other ways that the Bible puts this. It calls it hard hearted, mm. stiff necked, calloused, you know. Uh, be careful you don't lose your communication with Jesus. Careful you don't lose your 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 awe of him. Be careful you don't lose the fear of the Lord in mm. your life. There's a process that happens 
to get you to a desensitized place. But there's also a process that can happen to get you to a very sensitized place. I mean, it puts it kind of this way that you put off concerning your old conduct, the old man that goes corrupt according to deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man. And some people might call this being sanctified. I believe we are both sanctified when we're born again, but that we can continually be sanctified as we live our life in Christ. And, uh, you know, how do you get renewed in the spirit of your mind? Well, you, you read the word, you spend time with believers, you, you know, go to church. We got to speak of going to church. We got to go take a break. We'll be back in a minute. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing covers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing, for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. For over 30 years, Cabern Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable, and customer satisfaction is their top priority. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabern Air will take care of it. 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or visit them online at cabern.com. Join Overlook Ministries on October the 17th at the Avenue Worship Center for the 8th Annual Overlook Fiesta Fundraiser. Overlook is a ministry faithfully serving East Coast Christian Center and Brevard County for 23 years, reaching out to the lost, homeless, and overlooked. The fiesta begins 7 p.m. on October 17th with desserts, inspiration, and community. Let's change the world one man at a time. Pineapple Garden Assisted Living Facility. Located in the Rockledge Vieira area. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff. Making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Please visit us today by going online at pineapplegarden.com or call 321-405-CARE. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Morning Breath. Morning Breath. All right, guys, we are back. Super excited. Man, what a great chapter we just went through, chapter four in Ephesians. Um, I want to encourage everybody today, get into your words, study your words, study the Bible, and make sure you know the context of what's being written, who it's being written to. And Paul even says this. He's like, then we'll no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. Will not be influenced when people try and trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. And when you spend time in the Word, you know the truth. Uh, I, I'm always reminded of when um, Pastor Ann would teach about how the FBI finds counterfeit money and that it's not actually from studying counterfeit money, but it's actually getting to know the real money, getting to know the truth 
of what the real authentic money feels like. And that's what you need to do in the word of God, that it is the truth. It is what is here for edification, for uplifting, for encouragement, and it is is for correction, and it's for our lives. It's how we become better Christians, better husbands, better fathers, as we pursue, as we are imitators of Christ, as we'll see get written in Ephesians 5 in the next chapter. So don't forget to check us out on social media. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We got, we're meeting live again. If you guys don't know, come in. We got child care, mama bear, bring those kids. Most importantly, from our heart to yours, get into your word, be growing with Jesus, go out and make disciples. So tell you what love you guys and call the church if you need any help on um jumping into any of the things if you don't have any digital connections all right guys we're out love you bye thank you for listening to morning breath from east coast christian center we hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend for additional information such as service times events and more please visit us at eccc.us thanks and we hope you have a blessed day